Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. You know, the banking business is literally thousands of years old, but the idea of becoming your own banker originated with a guy named Nelson Nash, or at least that's what a lot of the marketing literature says today. You know, the concept in its simplest form is this. You create your own private banking system of sorts by saving up some money somewhere. Then use this pool of money to finance everything in your life. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Regardless of what you do in life, whether you spend your money or you invest it, you have to use a banking system to facilitate the transaction. So all of the money in the world goes through someone's bank, and advocates of the banking concept argue that you should just keep keep and set up a quote-unquote private bank of your own that you use. It's what is known as the infinite banking concept, and I know many of you have heard of this concept. In fact, I've had a couple of episodes over the last three and a half years where we've explored the idea and talked about infinite banking. So the idea behind infinite banking is for you to be your own banking system through dividend-paying permanent life insurance. Now, that's a mouthful. Don't get confused. Don't get lost. And don't get turned off by it because it's really a very simplistic thing. It's just, it's just this is the way to properly describe it. So instead of an institution or an individual having control over your finances, you take back that control and control of all the banking functions you do every day. So infinite banking is really a strategy that allows people to both save their money and then borrow their money or borrow against their money. So you ultimately become the bank and you control what goes in and what comes out. So to elaborate just a little more on that, I've invited one of my friends and past guests to join me once again to explore this holistic approach to banking and wealth creation. But since he's a new sponsor of the show, then let me say this, that MC Lobsher, who's the creator and host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and president of Producers Wealth, is on a mission to help you achieve financial independence and freedom as soon as possible. And, you know, he achieves this by integrating this infinite banking concept that we talk about and real estate investments to increase your money's efficiency and the returns and recapture that cash flow and that way, you're not even aware that this is going on. You can put it on autopilot. But more importantly, is a lot of people are not even aware that they're losing money. And this is a way to put a plug in that. So MC shares the number one strategy of investors in this holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's all one word, yourownbankingsystem.com. And so with that, we're going to invite MC on the show, and we are going to explore this holistic approach to wealth creation. It's my pleasure to welcome back MC Lobsher to the show. MC is a wealth strategist. He's an educator and a financial freedom fighter. He's the founder and president of Producers Wealth. It's his personal passion and purpose to help individuals, families, small businesses, professionals, and even entrepreneurs build and grow their wealth safely and predictably, regardless of the economic or market cycles. MC, welcome back to the show. Marco, thank you so much for having me on. Honored to be back. 
Well, it's great having you back. I've had many conversations with you between now and when I first had you on, which was way back on episode 65. The episode was called A Wealth Capture Machine. It's a very fascinating topic. But just to yeah. reconnect you uh, you know, with our old and our new listeners, share with us who you are and what you do, and then talk about whatever else you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Marco, no, I always enjoy our conversation. Um, yeah, so my name is MC Lobster. I'm originally from South Africa. I came to the US in uh, 2001 uh, with a backpack, a suitcase, a sense of a humor, and a sense of adventure. And um, yeah, I started my investing journey um, shortly thereafter. I played sports up until 2007, played in a, in a league here in the United States. Um, and while I was playing sports, I studied, read, and started my investing journey. I uh, started um, and actually bought my first um, real estate investment in 2000 and, uh, 2001. Um, and uh, a number of things happened along my journey as I, as I learned and grew and learned from mentors. And uh, today, as you mentioned, Marco, I'm the uh, president and chief uh, wealth and investment strategist at Producers Wealth. And I'm also the creator and host of uh, the Cashflow Ninja podcast, where I interview amazing uh, Cashflow Ninjas that share how to create income streams in the new economy from asset classes uh, such as real estate, uh, commodities like gold, silver, and oil, businesses, online businesses, uh, crypto and blockchain assets, and also paper assets. That's that's great. That's a very broad uh, list of, of, of topics, and I am honored to be a guest on your show. I've been on there a couple times, so I appreciate you letting me on there. So, MC, you know, let's kind of dive right in here. You've worked, I, I have a pretty good idea of what you do, and some of our listeners do, but most don't. You've worked with many affluent individuals and families, and, you know, you have... You also have these relationships with individuals in advising these families in these family office space. And, and I actually did an episode not too long ago about family offices. So we might want to touch on that. You could probably explain what a family office is. But, you know, after interviewing 350 successful cash flow ninjas, as you call them, um, you know, what have you learned from these successful people? And, and what are some of the commonalities that they all share? I'd, I'd be curious to hear this. Yeah, that's a great question, Marco. And uh, that is one thing that uh, that I've been fortunate enough to to have, as, as I mentioned, mentors in my life. And my first mentor, too, I, I don't think I was smart enough at that stage or knowledgeable enough <laughs> to figure out that that's what I was supposed to do is to try and find a mentor, right? Because you could really, truly download uh, all the knowledge from that person and their uh, life experience and, and their knowledge. Um, but um, he was a very wealthy individual. They had a massive real estate portfolio uh, in, uh, in, in the Chicagoland area of uh, multi, multi-family properties. Um, and that's kind of the first time that I came into contact with what you refer to as, as a family office, kind of a family office structure where it essentially is, and it's, it's modeled after the Rockefeller family office in the, in the United States, where all of the team members and players of the family or the individuals are all under one roof. So the accountant, the asset protection person, the estate planner, the insurance uh, uh, specialist and, and advisor, all of these, these different uh, uh, 
key team players are all under one roof because when you when you get to certain net worth uh, levels, uh, a mistake of your uh, CPA and your tax strategist not communicating something properly to an estate planner or an asset protection person, there's a there's a lot of zeros behind that mistake. <laughs> right. So they they keep them all under one roof. They know exactly what the family's trying to accomplish, where they're going, um, and what what the overall objectives are and and the strategy is. So that's kind of that. But yeah, on my journey, as you as you mentioned, um, and also interviewing over 350 cash flow ninjas right now, one of the things that that I've learned is the first the well some of the things that they that they value is is really very very different to what a lot of people perceive that they value for instance they value philosophy they value worldviews core beliefs principle and values intellectual and mental capital um, that includes ideas creativity uh, and and knowledge over things right and stuff so those are the things that are important to them and they continue to invest in that um, and that's developing their mental capital and their intellectual capital. And they also value relationships and continue to invest in relationships. They're always looking to grow their network um, and grow relationships in areas that they might not have them. They're always looking for a, a team players, right? And advisors and talking to people and they're, they're investing in masterminds. And actually they spend quite a, a number of their resources and money on uh, masterminds and meeting people because they value the people more than the money, which is ties into a, a very big lesson that I learned from a mentor of mine, which is your mental capital times your relationship capital will, will equal your financial capital. And it was very, very powerful, just that, that overall wealth formula, because if you look at very, very uh, wealthy and successful people, and ultra fluent, and especially these families, we, you know, we've all seen these billionaires, for, for example, go broke, right? And they, they lose almost everything. And then all of a sudden, these folks bounce back and people look at them and go, wow, how did that person lose everything or have their backs against the wall? And they just keep coming back. And that's because they valued that mental capital, that intellectual capital, they continue to grow it and expand it. And then also the relationship capital, they had the relationship and the network to take the new idea to um, and build out this, this new business. And by the way, these are two key things that um, I'm personally also trying to invest in um, that I believe will, will help you to not only thrive, but survive in, in a economic downturn and or a recession. Yeah, that's great. I'm writing this down. Give me that formula again, mental capital times relationship capital. Yes, mental capital times relationship capital equals your financial capital. Interesting. I really like that formula. I don't think I've heard that before. Well, that's good. So we learned something. So a lot of this seems to be mindset. You know, one thing I learned from one of my mentors is that, you know, 10% of, of your success comes from hustle. 70% of your success comes from the people you know. The people you either know or the people that you will bump into and get to know in the future. So he was making the point that whenever you have this major turning point or major success in your life, a lot of times it, it's 70% of the reason for that came from the people you met or the people that you, you know that helped you go from that point to the new point. 
not so much the amount of work and effort you put in, which was the hustle. So, you know, that that's something that really stuck with me. And I, I looked back and reflected on m- many of the turning points that I had. And a lot of it came down to the people I knew, my network of people. So. Absolutely. I mean, I look, I just look at my journey, Marco, and it's, it's a series of mentors and uh, relationships, right? Um, of just where, where I am today, I could just point at the relationships and, uh, yeah, the, the, the mentors that I've had. So it's, it's just so powerful and they, they truly, truly know this. So let, let's talk more about the strategic approach of these wealthy people, these affluent and wealthy people, uh, when it comes to, you know, an investment strategy, you know, something my listeners can model in, in their real estate investing. So can you share what a powerful strategy would include that listeners can use to power their own investments? Yeah. So markets go up, down and sideways. And I think that a lot of uh, people have strategies for that are successful for when markets go up. (laughs) Right. Um, But it's when it goes sideways and when it actually we have a downturn or recession that that's really when 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 you look at the power of a strategy and how it performs. So when we look at a strategy and and what the framework for a strategy that that we've learned from uh, the people that we study is that they know as I mentioned, that they are the asset number themselves. You know, Robert K. Saki talks about that the risk is not in the investment, it's in the investor. So they know that they are the, the number one asset they, and they are the creator and producer of everything that comes into their life. They also know that their number one investment is always in, in themselves and around their unique ability, their strengths, their knowledge, what they know of. And then also, the, again, the relationships, maybe there's people that can help you implement and execute it. For example, you know, maybe you um, and listeners of yours, they, they listen to podcasts such as this, they read on real estate, they grow their knowledge base about real estate, and then they bring a team in to help them invest in, in real estate because that's what they're knowledgeable about, uh, knowledgeable about right? Um, then the third component of that I would say is to have control. I think it's very underrated. And I'm not the first person that has ever told anyone that. So this is nothing new. But I think having control in in all areas of a strategy is very, very, very powerful. Having control over your cash flow, your money, the, the accessibility, the use of it, right? And then also having control over how you deploy it and in which assets. And with real estate, you've shared on the show, you know, how you how you can um, how you can create cash flow and improve an investment right having control over an investment uh, property uh, alignment and focus is the next part that's very very key because I think that um, in in you know in the in the world of today we collectively Marco have the attention span of a gnat <laughs> yeah so we have we have a lot of distractions. Hey, Bitcoin, what was I talking about, right? <laughs> uh, so, so we we definitely we're all over the place. So it's very important to to, to focus and align all of our resources with that focus. So know, for instance, what we want, why we want it, who do we need to become to achieve that. And then now that we know what we want, let's, let's align all of our resources. For example, if we're looking to achieve financial independence and freedom through real estate and cash flow, 
well, is a bunch of speculative stocks sitting, you know, in an IRA going to help us, right? Is all these other different pockets and baskets going to help us? And this is one thing that I've seen from, from the wealthy and ultra affluent people. They focus, they pour all of the resources and they go, they go in on that goal that they have for themselves. So um, I always talk about aligning it aligning all of those resources focus until you hit the target until you get to financial independence until you get to financial freedom and now you can dabble in in, in more speculative stuff if, if that's what you're looking for um efficiency this is one one super key area i think a lot of us focus and the majority of people focus on getting a better return on five to ten percent of your money where one thing especially that struck me in family offices is um, not just uh, the simplicity of, of what they're doing, but the, how common sense it is, where a lot of folks, as I mentioned, chase that 5 to 10% of their money, use that, deploy it, and chase returns, where they look at the, the 90 to 95%, the, the holistic approach to, to wealth creation. Um, and that means how efficient is your savings uh, where, where's your savings allocated and where's your savings position? How efficient is that? How efficient is your asset positioning currently, right? Um, with regards to, for instance, opportunity costs. Is there money that you're unknowingly losing in your own economy? Are there ways that you could be more efficient? And what I mean by that is taxes is a big wealth destroyer, probably the biggest one out there. So these families, for example, know that if they reduce their taxes by 20%, by just fixing inefficiencies in their in their personal and their business economy, that there's no return out in the marketplace that's going to generate that for them consistently over 30 to 40 years and then over to the next generations. Um, efficiency of income, you know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about the cash flow quadrant where the, he has the the employee and the self-employed, the E and the S on the left-hand side and the B and the I on the right-hand side with obviously more the most efficient income coming from the passive income uh, quadrant as an investor, the, 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 the I. So how can you convert active income that you're generating as an employee or a self-employed person into business income or passive income? Protection is the next part of it. Obviously, we have to make money. We have to create wealth, but also protecting it. And there's a lot of different ways to do it through asset protection, estate planning, positioning for taxes. And then also, um, yeah, of course, against other predators that's out there, financial predators. Um, we live in a litigious society, for example, risk management, there's political, there's economic, there's market, and there's institutional risk. Do we know and understand all the different risks and how do we position our assets and our and our and our portfolio to to manage all those risks? Uh, dollar maximization is another part of us where basically what that means is one dollar needs to do many different jobs within your personal and business economy, right? We want our money working for us, but we want our money also to do many different things simultaneously. There's protective, there's defensive, and then there's offensive uh, things that the same dollar can do in your own personal and business economy. And then of course, momentum, uh, we want uninterrupted compounding, but we also want to multiply uh, our wealth and with real estate and other different strategies, there's most certainly ways that we can do that. Um, and if you have all of those components uh, of a framework for a strategy, now we're looking at also collapsing time in our in our in our overall 
in our overall plan where we achieve the results that take people 30 to 40 years to achieve in 10 to 15 years. That's a very robust list. That, that was a lot of, lot of information packed into a list. Um, let's just break down a part of this here. You, you mentioned the importance of efficiency. I, you kind of emphasize that or stress that. Um, but the importance of efficiency in positioning your assets and your savings uh, and having efficient income. And then you touched on the true cost of opportunity cost. So l- let's break that down for a minute here. Can you, can you share a, an example or a case study that would illustrate the power of the investment philosophy and strategy that you're talking about here? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll walk um, your listeners through a quick little, just a quick case study. So the first thing when we look at a a case study example where this will will be clear and and show how this works in practice is, of course, we have to be clear on our vision and our mission for ourselves, right? What what we want, why we want it, and who do we need to become to do it. We touched on the wealth formula. And then once we have all that kind of broken down, we look at an income number, now a passive income number. And we look at four levels of financial success. The first one is security. The second one is financial independence. This is where your passive income uh, exceeds the, the your, your living expenses, right? The cost of living per month and annually. And then the third level is financial freedom. Uh, And then the fourth level is financial significance when you get to now what? Well, let's just look at financial financial independence. And let's just say that number would be $10,000 per per month, $120,000 per year. Well, how we determine the financial freedom numbers, we times it by one and a half, obviously, because there's other variables in play. And then we double it because what we've seen the wealthiest folks do is they save 40 to 50% of their income. So that gives us a number of $30,000 per month, $360,000 per year. Now, if we are looking to generate that and we can consistently uh, generate a return of, let's just say, hypothetically, 8% per year, we know that within uh, over a period of time, we would have to deploy about $4.5 million of capital, right? And there's different ways of how to reduce and, and kind of compress time, but uh, just sticking with that example, so we know what we what we need for to become financially and economically independent. We have a number and a target. We know what our financial freedom number is. Now we bring in uh, systems to build that. So we build a liquidity system, uh, and an income system is what what we talk about. The liquidity system, and in the, in the previous episode, I, I went into that um, speaking about a wealth capture machine. We actually we actually integrate. Uh, a dividend buying whole life insurance with a mutual insurance company, we, we integrate that with real estate because both, both of those products or vehicles rather provide cash flow. Um, the life insurance part is obviously has liquidity. There's tax advantages in both. There's an equity buildup in both. There's appreciation in both. There's controlled leverage available with both. And I touch, I'll touch on the insurance part in a second. And they also serve as, a, as an inflation hedge. So with the insurance, and we go into much deeper detail in it in the previous episode, if your listeners is interested in, in learning more about that. But the insurance, the way that we structure it is based on the infinite banking concept. So you have full control over your money, control, use, accessibility. You can access it at any time. There's guarantees on the money that you put into this insurance policy and on the principal and the growth. 
you earn dividends, although they're not guaranteed. They can, these companies have paid them out for 100 years consecutively. There's tax-free growth and untaxed distribution of them. So when you access money, it's not a taxable event. There's no contribution or distribution limit. So it's not like a Roth where you totally, they're, they're, there's only a certain amount of money that you can put in there. It's private. Um, so nobody knows that you have it. There's asset protection available. So in all 50 states, this is protected. Um, and actually, side note, so some of the, the Enron folks structured the, these high cash value life insurance policies, and they couldn't even claw back that money in litigation. So it just shows you the extreme asset protection that it, that it has. Wow. There's a lot of flexibility in these vehicles. And then, of course, there's a death benefit because you're dealing with, a, with an insurance vehicle that also provides income tax-free uh, um, uh, treatment to the beneficiaries. That's why we use it. So, Marco, so we integrate these two, the real estate and uh, with that in this in this overall strategy. Um, and then we we first fund the insurance vehicle. And then when we fund the insurance vehicle, we borrow from it. We deploy that capital into the real estate. The cash flow from the real estate is then redirected back into uh, the insurance. And this is kind of how it grows. Now, numbers. I mentioned a number earlier of $360,000. So um, first, before I say this, this is just a disclaimer. Insurance is different for everyone. This was just a, a quick case study, a quick rough number. There's many different variables at play here. So all situations are different. But let's just say it's a 40-year-old male um, that over the course of 20 years will We'll put in about $240,000 per year into the system. Um, well, within if he did it without the insurance let's just say for example he would he would deploy that 4.5 million dollars right and he would deploy that around you know 19 20 years but um and he would hit his target he's he's going to be able to achieve his target of passive income and that's great if he integrated it with the insurance we actually ran the numbers he would uh, same thing around year 17 he would hit his he would hit his target and he would get that three hundred sixty thousand dollars of passive income per year at eight and a consistent return of eight percent deploying 4.5 million but he would have an have an additional close to 1.9 million dollars tax free available now we touched on opportunity cost so opportunity cost is you know, this might be money that you're unknowingly losing, that you're not even aware of, that you could have earned if you were more efficient. Now, again, to your point, you don't have to do it with the insurance. You would still hit your target and do it. Is there a way that you could do it more efficiently and have an additional amount of capital available in a in a very efficient vehicle, tax tax free? Yes. So. This is what they do in some of these family offices to integrate these, these uh, vehicles as part of an overall strategy because the focus is on the strategy, not on the products or at the end product. I always talk about it that, you know, I'm a South African and I love my South African golfers. Ernie Els is one of my favorite golfers. He has an mm -hmm. amazing golf swing. They call him the Big Easy. And if you had asked me, and if I get invited to go playing golf, uh, golf at Augusta National and the Masters, if I could take Ernie Els's clubs or a swing, I'm, I'm going to take Ernie's swing. <laughs> right. I could get the other clubs somewhere else. So the focus here, and I guess what I'm trying to to make sure that I communicate properly to your listeners is let's focus on the swing, not just the golf clubs. It's part of an overall strategy 
where we've integrated uh, we've integrated vehicles where we position uh, savings very very efficiently. We've positioned assets very efficiently, and now through the real estate, we're also earning efficient income. Let me stop and say that if you're like me, the list of books you want to read or those that people suggest you read is never ending and always expanding. You simply don't have the time to read them all. Our sponsor Blinkist has solved your long list of must reads once and for all. You see, Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of the best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements. So you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes all on your phone. With Blinkist, you will expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes than you can in almost any other way. Plus, you can listen to it anywhere. I've been a customer for over a year, and I like to listen to Blinkist while I'm driving to and from my office or around the house when I'm doing work in the yard. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, our audience. Go to Blinkist.com passive to start your seven-day free trial. That's Blinkist, spelled Blink, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash passive to start your free seven-day trial. You can cancel anytime, Blinkist.com slash passive. This probably sounds complicated to some people listening to it, but I would imagine it's, I mean, I can see it because I, I'm, I'm familiar with what you're talking about, and it's not that complicated. In fact, it's fairly simple. It's just easier to illustrate visually than it is to try and explain it um, verbally, at least for me it is. So the way I look at it is you have this glorified, I'm oversimplifying here, but a glorified account, like a savings account, which is essentially the vehicle that it sits in is an insurance policy. So you have the ability to save and earn interest on the savings in that vehicle. You get the added bonus of having uh, life insurance that piggybacks on top of that you have the ability to borrow against the money in that savings account while not touching the principal amount that you put in there. So far, so good? Yep, absolutely. Okay, so you can borrow against it, maybe not 100%, but certainly in uh, probably the high range of 80 to 90% borrowing against it. So you're basically still getting paid on 100% of of, of what you put into it, but you can borrow against it to invest in other, other investments. And I'm sure there's more to it than that, but that's just the way I visualize it in my head. It's a very, very good way of, of putting it um, because, yeah, think of think of it, as you mentioned, uh, this is a savings vehicle. And this is one thing that I talk about quite a bit because, folks, uh, uh, you know, we, we talk about saving for retirement and qualified retirement plans, right, where – you're not you're not saving because to save is to preserve and protect uh, and most folks aren't they're not really even investing but they're speculating um but yeah it's a savings vehicle that you're putting up uh, and you're collateralizing that savings vehicle to borrow up to 90 percent uh, of the, the cash value in this case of the insurance vehicle and then using that to invest uh to invest in an investment that kicks off cash flow that you now put back into well, pay down the policy loan and the money becomes available again as you pay it down. So essentially to break it down, there's two pieces, a liquidity system and an income system. And uh, there's an infinite flow of money from the liquidity system into the income system and then flowing back into the liquidity system. Okay, got it. Um, so the average family creates 
I should say the average family creates general, general, generational wealth, but you know, the average family out there that has gener- generational wealth, boy, boy, that's a mouthful. Um, you know, it seems that they evaporate that within 18 months, which is only a year and a half. It's not very long that after one generation passes and, you know, that, that wealth passes down to their kids, that it's gone in no time. And you seem to stress and talk a lot about legacy. Uh, it's kind of a core theme of what you talk about. Um, so, you know, for my listeners that want to build their assets and leave a legacy for their families, what are some of the things uh, that you can share that will help them, you know, position themselves to do this effectively? Because at the end of the day, I'm working hard to create, you know, my 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 investments and my portfolio. And at some point in time, I want to leave that to my children, right? So how 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 do how do our listeners do this or position themselves effectively? That's a great question and one of my favorite topics because I this is one thing I really wanted to to uh, to study in depth and I'm still reading as much as I can on it and speaking to a lot of folks because it's quite it's just quite fascinating Marco that you know we we try to create and produce while we're here we try to preserve and protect it and you know leave leave something for the next generation right our our children our families but. How do we do it effectively? And how do we also not turn them into trust fund babies, right? right. Where they're going to, soon as soon as soon as I'm in the ground, you know, my, my kids are running around with Lambos and, and beaches, right? right? <laughs> we, because then it's, then it's absolutely destructive. So how do you, how do you set up not only just your family uh, for generations, but how do you, how do you do this efficiently in a way that empowers the next generation and doesn't hurt them? Because a lot of it, as you just mentioned, the statistics are just, it's frightening 18 months and it's most of it is gone. Uh, so, you know, you really try to leave something for most of them and the majority of the people do, but that might've done maybe, maybe almost more damage than good. Right. So what do these families do and what do they in family offices do? And, you know, the one part that's passed on is the capital and the assets, you know, that's everyone knows that the money and the assets and the estate. Right. So, but, what we've seen with some of the wealthiest families and individuals is not only do they pass on just capital and assets, but they pass on that intellectual capital and knowledge. And there's a transfer of that over as well. Now, how they do it, um, if you've seen some of these families, and, and, and I was fortunate enough to, to go to, to school with, with a number of them, and I, I look just to see where these guys are now, these guys and gals, um, and what, what they're doing with their lives now. And they're driven, right? They're so driven, they're purpose driven, and they truly, truly are successful and just not only trying to preserve what the family has and the family's uh, estate, but they're also trying to, to grow it. So, so it's quite amazing. So I think from a, from a, from a very young age too, obviously what you learn and what you experience is, is, is you learn that from your parents. So that's very important. So how do you transfer that over to the children and how do you, how do you um, throughout the life of the children transfer it on? And what these families do is they have a family document, which could be a statement of purpose, or it could be a family constitution, you know, a constitution worked for the United States. So it could work for your family as well. And what's in that document is the philosophy of the family, the core beliefs of the family, the principles and the values of the family, 
and then also rules uh, that govern their behaviors and then also how and when they can access some some of the estate and some of the capital in the estate so a philosophy for instance for listeners out there would be the family would you know codify that they are producers and creators and they're they're trying to provide value for the marketplace through products and services and you know they want to they want to help their causes that they're passionate about and these are some of the causes that they're passionate about maybe there's a patriarch or a matriarch in the family for instance that had a had a severe case of cancer and that's now it's a cause that they that they support and they fund research, right? So something like that. And then also what what this family stands for and what they're against, what's not acceptable. Because I think a lot of, a lot of and not only in our personal lives, but a lot of folks would they know what what they what they what they stand for and what they want, but they don't necessarily also write down what they stand against, right? right. Um, it might be the other way around too. So that's one way. Share this with with your family. Talk about this with your children uh, from from a young age. Um, this is one thing that they do, and that's a document that's a living, breathing document that that's transferred over. The other thing is a family family retreat, and this actually comes with the Rothschilds um, in Europe. Uh, th- their family. There's a great book called The Five Men from Frankfurt, and they actually had a family retreat where the family would get together. Uh, once a year, they would talk about the mission and the vision of the family, who they are, their philosophy, share experiences, share best practices, you know, because the, the sons were bankers in different cities around Europe. So that's that's kind of, that's a that's a very big part of that. Right. Of bringing that that close while well, creating this closeness of the family and having everyone stay on the same page. And then the mechanical stuff is the you know, the we mentioned the family office having a working document for the team members of what type of team members and advisors should advise the family, right? What type of team members and advisors should not advise the family? Um, so, you know, with these three things, the document, the statement of purpose, the constitution, the family retreat and the family offices, you don't have to be a Rockefeller or a Rothschild or, you know, all these other families to do it. You could do small little things uh, within your own family and already start that to change uh, the, uh, the trajectory of the family, right? Uh, the capital and the assets, that's mechanical, that's tactical, you know, that's estate planning, asset protection, and so forth. There are uh, knowledgeable professionals that can help people with that. But I think the most important part to make sure that, you know, the next generations don't turn into trust fund babies, or just blow, blow all of the, the, the savings and the, and the wealth that, um, that we have created in our lives is to is to make them um, yes stewards of the capital and also um, have them control it, but not just claim ownership o- over it, but control it, protect it, preserve it, and then transfer it over to the next generation. Yeah, I think these are all important points because we don't want our generational wealth to evaporate in eighteen months like it does with the quote unquote average family. So certainly things to think about and maybe even research and look into. So everything we talked about here today, and just to wrap things up here, you know, is is important, but it's also a little bit outside the scope of what people tend to focus on. People, I think, are, are very hyper-focused on, uh, you know, investing in the market or, or investing in notes or building a real estate portfolio, all of the things that are very important, but these are just single pieces in a larger puzzle and it's it's what you're talking about today um 
kind of puts a lot of those pieces together into a more cohesive, bigger picture uh, that is probably more sound today, but allows you to carry it forward to future generations. So um, what else, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up? I mean, this is a big topic and I, I think for some people it's hard to wrap their head around it initially. And it requires obviously further conversation with someone like yourself, um, or, you know, some other materials or resources, but is there anything else you want to point out or wrap up, wrap up with? Yeah, no, and I think you put it together really nicely, Marco. I think that um, this holistic wealth creation approach, uh, yeah, it might be a little bit uh, difficult to grasp first, but if we look at other areas, you know, for instance, and maybe I should I should listen to myself when I say this, but when it comes to our health, we, we need to eat properly, right? We need to exercise properly, and then also we have to recover properly. Uh, so that's kind of a holistic approach, and, and that will help us just increase the success uh, of uh, the goals that we're trying to accomplish within our health. Our wealth is the same. There's many different moving components. Uh, this is all, everything's connected. It's all tied together, right? It doesn't, uh, it doesn't remain in a vacuum. So, um, yeah, no, I think you, you really, you really summed it up nicely for, for people that are interested too. We do have a, a course that goes into deeper into this. It's a free course that they can access at yourownbankingsystem.com. It's yourownbankingsystem.com. And in this course, we we walk them through uh, all the all the different topics that we just spoke about, and we get into much much deeper detail. And then, if uh, anyone's interested about infinite banking or the insurance strategy that I just mentioned, uh, they can reach out to me um, at um, yeah at info at producerswealth.com, and I, I'll ship them a copy of a book that also explains it. Well, that's great. In fact, you answered my closing question, which I always ask, and that's just to tell listeners how they can find you or get more information. So can you repeat those two websites or the website and the email again? Yeah, it's uh, yourownbankingsystem.com. So it's yourownbankingsystem.com is where the, the course, they'll, they'll find the course. And if they want to reach out to me at info at producerswealth.com, uh, and I, I can ship them a copy of the book if they're interested in learning more about the insurance strategy yeah. and integrating this insurance strategy with uh, their real estate uh, goals. Yeah, well, that's great. I appreciate that. Very good. Well, MC, I appreciate you taking 30 minutes of your time here to go over this. This is like, a, you know, a, a, again, a bigger picture holistic thing, but um, but it's important because it brings it all together. And I think people need to think about that. So it's uh, it's uh, certainly something that I'm thinking about now, especially with my daughter getting older. So I appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you so much, Marco. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, you too. All right, MC. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. 
Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.